Welcome to Marshfield Community Media's part-time podcast, starring the interns, Will Nicholson and Tyler Pinero. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Marshfield Community Media's part-time podcast, where the wages are minimum, but the sports takes are maximum. I'm Tyler Pinero. And I'm Will Nicholson. Let's welcome have, back. <laughs> let's have a great show today, Will. It's a great day to have a great day. You know, you know who it's mean? not a great day for? Patriots. New England Patriots fans. It's tough, man. It is a tough, tough day if you're a Patriots fan waking up. On Monday, we're here recording this on a, a Tuesday because of the holiday on Monday. But yeah, the Patriots, it was a tough day. They lost, uh, what was it? It was 34 to nothing, I believe. Was, uh, I'll get a qu- quick score check. On I'm that. pretty sure it was 34 but to nothing. It, it was a tough day. Right. Uh, tough day. Mac Jones, once yes, again, was, was benched 34 to nothing. And Mac Jones was benched again when the game was out of hand. And uh, we're still asking all these questions going forward. Is Mac the guy? It's a whole other week. Uh, there was a Schefter report mm-hmm. on the uh, on the Pat McAfee show, essentially saying the Patriots' offense is going to look way different next week than it did from this week. So, I, I to get into this, first of all, what did you see in the game, and what are some changes you think the Patriots need to make going forward? So, me when I'm watching, I'm not really watching one game. I'm a red zone guy. Me too. But what I saw is, I just don't think Mac Jones is the guy. Because we see Mac have like these great games where he's throwing great passes, but then you have last Sunday. So I don't think the Patriots should rely on either getting a top five quarterback or a bottom five quarterback every week. And I think it's just time to move on. It it is tough. It's a very tough situation, especially for me. I've always been a very big Mac believer, even when he was struggling. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's just so many things that you see flaws in his game, like especially not being able to move out of the pocket. That's the biggest mm-hmm. one. I can live with that. There's successful yeah. quarterbacks in the league right now who you know can't get outside of the pocket. But yeah. the turnover uh, where it was the pitch to Ramondre Stevenson on that third yes. and one, that's when I was like, all right, this guy is uh-huh. just – when you can't even make the pitch, it's, it's looking yeah. tough. Um, so, yeah, I, I, this was the first week where I you know finished up the Patriots game and I was like, Mac – isn't the guy. He he doesn't look like it. That can change. I'm I'm open to that but uh changing. I think a big issue with Mac is the Patriots obviously saw they signed Juju Smith Schuster this offseason and he's looking nothing. like a wide receiver four. Yeah. It's been terrible. Which here my thing with Mac and I, I said this last week and I'll I'll keep bringing this up. You can't put this entire offense on Mac Jones. You cannot. You, no. you can you absolutely can. Even Bill has said that. You know, in in post game press conferences he's like it's not entirely on Mac. You can't put this all on Mac because there's so many things wrong with the offense. The run game has looked terrible, which I don't think is getting enough traction. Ramondre Stevenson has been Mm -hmm. terrible so far this year. Uh, he only has like 200 something yards rushing, and we're five weeks in. It's it's been awful. Ezekiel Elliott's been okay, but you can't rely on him yeah. to be like this big one-two punch. And that's kind of Max' game. That's the Patriots' offense where you set up the run game, and then that sets up the play action, and that sets up you know these receivers who don't create a ton of separation. But when you're running the ball, then you have you know the option to do this play action, and mm-hmm. then defenses don't expect it. So it's you can't put it all on Mac. Yeah. But I will say this is the first week where I've gone whoa. Oh, okay, I don't think he's the guy. But I think another reason for the Saints obviously scoring 34 unanswered, the Pats took some big hits on defense. Oh, 100%. Losing yeah. a potential defensive rookie of the year player in Christian Gonzalez last week due to a torn labrum. And then obviously losing their defensive player of the year candidate in Matthew Judon was obviously, you know, another big hit. Because I think Matthew Judon, he's just the guy on that defense where if he's 
you know, has good energy, everyone else is going to have good energy. Everyone plays off of him. 100%. And now him not being there just slows everything down. It, yeah, the the whole Patriots just unit does not look like the Patriots unit. They, they look slower. They look unmotivated at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually kind of cool thing that I did this weekend is I was visiting my, uh, my grandfather up in uh, Plymouth and they have two TVs set up there. So the Ooh. main one, we had the Pats game. And then we had another one that's on wheels uh, right to the left. Because mm. he's older. He doesn't like to you know move around as much anymore. Oh, so he, like, he uh, has a TV that's on wheels. It's like an that, old school substitute yeah, right there. So he, so he brings it around with him. So we had the Patriots game on the, the big screen. And then we had Red Zone on the other one. There we go. But I was, so I was able to watch the entire Patriots game while watching Red Zone. Mm-hmm. And one thing that... You know, we saw it was uh, number 92, I believe, is Gasha. He just looked so slow. He was getting no push mm-hmm. on the uh, offensive line. And when Kamara was, like, running these little sweeps out, mm-hmm. he just could not get out there. And that's not what we see from the Patriots teams yeah. traditionally. They they don't stop running. They don't give up on plays. I think so a, it's, it's something with the whole unit, I think. A huge thing with the defenses, I think Kyle Duggar, you know, he's got the potential to be a superstar. He just needs, like, the extra boost. Like, he can't be... The leader on his own defense like yeah he needs people around him like judon to motivate him and now i think jc jackson now coming back in the trade is gonna help but jc jackson we've seen he hasn't been too good ever since he got his big contract no, in the charges not. i didn't even see i didn't even notice jc and like i said i watched the entire game did not notice him Gave what's him he an, rocking now is i think he's rocking 25 26 25, something like that yeah no because 26 is uh sean wade uh, something so like that yeah, he, yeah. he didn't get his 27 back no he didn't get it back does anyone wear 27 now, or he just didn't want it back? I think somebody has it. Yeah. I say. It's a very weird Patriots thing where, like, they, yeah. they don't take the same. It's always something really different. Yep. Like, uh, I always go back to Jamie Collins. He was number 91. Yes. And then when he came back, it was randomly, like, 58. 58, I'm yep. like, what? Just go back in the 90s. But who knows? Yeah, this whole Patriots team just looks way, way so. different. And Jawan Bentley's missing yeah. tackles, and then, uh, none of the linebackers are quick enough. You know, to obviously get off the Patriots track, but. You know, you're talking about Jamie Collins, former Pats linebacker. Another more well-known, more superstar Pats linebacker, Chandler Jones, mm. has been in the news lately. He has. I just want to know, like, what you think about his situation and if you think he should get traded from the Raiders or if he should just retire. Like, what do you think about that? So, it's it's tough. I haven't actually watched uh, the full videos that he posted on Twitter, but mm-hmm. I know they're bad, right? Yes. I've, I've seen quotes. I know they're terrible. And, you know, anything can be taken out of context, but from what I've seen – it doesn't look good for Chandler Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched one of them where he was just talking about some crazy stuff on, on Twitter that... I believe uh, he has a warrant out for his rest yes, in Las Vegas now. I'm pretty sure he does, yeah. Um, if I'm Chandler Jones, I, I think it's time to hang it up at this point. Yep. He is a good football player, but it's you start to see this in NFL players when they get older is... You know, or at least yeah. people who take a lot of hits. We saw it with Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. We're seeing it with Chandler Jones yeah. now. Start to see this kind of, you know, the hits pile up. And CT is a very real thing. So I think yeah. may, that could be playing a factor. He might just be under a lot of stress right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? It's hard to, because, you know, with these athletes, we kind of yeah. look at them as, like, spectacles almost. Yeah. And you have to kind of bring back and be like, oh, these guys are they're, humans. They're humans, yes. Yeah. So it's you know, it's difficult to, you know, kind of see exactly what's going on with him. I just want to mention this because we can go back. We'll go back to football in a minute. But speaking of Joneses on Twitter recently, I don't know if you saw yesterday. Kai Jones on the Charlotte Hornets tweeted yeah. on oh, his own yeah. account that he is requesting a trade from the team. Yeah. And I read something that he might get fined one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for that. Like, yep. 
obviously we know Kai Jones is just a role player. But like how are you like how he's requesting his own trade and he's not doing it through like how we've seen guys like James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, those guys request a trade before. Exactly. I maybe this could be in the same boat because Kai Jones has been doing some crazy stuff on social media too. I think he's and, just being uh, himself though. Like I, I think he is being himself, but he's just doing um, nothing illegal. It's just people exactly, are, wouldn't it, expect it out of him. Exactly. It's um it's one of the things too where the Charlotte Hornets said they're going to look at this and try and handle it internally. Mm-hmm. Or internally, excuse me. But uh yeah, it's it's like that. I feel like there's so much pressure on these athletes, and someone like you know Kai Jones, who yes. really is just a kid, like he's not yeah. old at all. And you know, may, I I don't know, I don't know. I've never been in that situation, but you know who Kai Jones really reminds me of from like comparing football to basketball. Is that, he reminds me a lot of uh, Jamal Williams. Yeah, because we've seen how, when Jamal Williams is at his best is when his team lets him be himself. Because we saw him in Detroit. Yes. when he's doing yep. his player intro, and he's like first swag Kazekage. Leader of the Hill and Village of the Day. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that's up there for one of the best. I uh, think if intros. you if you want to get the best out of your players, you gotta let them be themselves. A hundred percent, you have to let them be the, um, themselves. Because we've seen what happens if teams hold players to like these restrictions. Yes, they're yeah. unhappy and then they don't perform. Exactly. No, hundred percent, you gotta let them uh, be themselves. But to an extent, I feel like it. It's this is this is hard to say because I'm not saying they're too much of themselves but i think sometimes you can see pressure get to people where they're mm-hmm. they're trying to almost perform an act yes. you know what i mean like when james harden wants to get traded uh-huh. he does this big thing where he he calls uh you know daryl mori a, a bad person and mm-hmm. all that stuff and then you know you see the chandler jones thing where it's like he he's trying to speak his mind uh-huh. um but he forgets that he's a professional athlete yes. and probably should you know not say the first thing that comes to mind and it's hard for these, these guys and i totally understand that uh but it's it's weird the whole mentality of of being an athlete uh and you know being the spectacle is very very strange i've been hearing a lot about different things about James Harden, how apparently he's happy with the Sixers now, but others are saying he's going to try and cause as much destruction as possible. Mm. And we saw, uh, I believe it was Sunday night, Sixers played the Celtics, and then now they're Harden or Embiid suited up. Yep. And they might have been on the sidelines. I don't know. I couldn't really tell. But do, where do you stand on James Harden? Do you think he's going to stay? Do you think he's going to force his way out? Because we all know he wants to head down to L.A. and join the Clippers. I've been known with James Harden for a while, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, even back when he was requesting a trade out of Houston, mm-hmm. I was like, "Who? Who is this guy?" And all the reports. Well, not obviously, I knew who he was, but yeah. you know, who does this guy think he is? He's above, you know, the the kind of the law of the team and being like, "Oh, I don't want to be here." Blah blah. blah. Yeah. And he he was very uncommitted, and he was going to places he he shouldn't been have going. James Harden to me, he was one of the players I used to respect in the league the most because he yes. he put so the fun Astro, to watch. He put the Astro. Not the Astros, sorry. The Rockets <laughs> back on the map. Sorry, get, getting my Houston teams confused. <laughs> but we saw him in 2018 just absolutely cook the entire league. Yep. Scored 30 points in like 30-something straight games. You know, league MVP, all that. Almost took down the Kevin Durant Warriors if it weren't for an injury to Chris Paul. Yep. No, I, I totally agree. I think that he was a very fun player to watch. Uh, and then all of the extra stuff was just so annoying to, mm-hmm. to watch as a fan because you want to see this guy be great. And then even mm-hmm. when he went to Brooklyn, it's like, okay, he's here, and now he's demanding a trade out of Brooklyn, and he doesn't want to be here. And it's like, okay, and now he goes to Philly, and he's with one of the best players in the league, and they have this one-two combo, yep. and now he just doesn't want to be there again. How many chances does James Harden get? 
You know I what I mean? Know. Obviously, I think... he's a great player and he's a great scorer. But at what point, if you're an organization and you're a contender, you go, this guy is just a cancer to the locker room. We can't have him here. I think James Harden's running out of time to be a, an effective player on the court before he becomes more. Because we see Russell Westbrook now. Yeah. He's adapted to his role. Like He struggled in L.A. because he thought he had to be the superstar. But now he's with the Clippers. And he's adapted to becoming just, you know, a 10 to 12 point per game role player yep. instead of having to average 25 and be Get a triple you know, double league and MVP. all that stuff. Yeah. No, and I think that's the same thing for uh, Harden, but I, I don't think he's accepting his role because right now the role of James Harden is to be a creator. He can't mm-hmm. really play the shooting guard position, in my opinion, anymore because he doesn't have yes. the defense to guard the Donovan Mitchells and all these combo guards, especially out east. But we've seen him. Like in the series versus the Celtics, James Harden still has a 40-piece. Oh, 100%. No, there's no doubt that he can score the ball, but I think he needs to move to the one, which is what he was playing in uh, Philly. Mm -hmm. And they kind of put Tyreek's Maxi at the combo guard, having him play the two. But he needs to be that creator and that scorer for a team. And I'm not saying he should come off the bench or anything like that because I think he's too good of a scorer. But at this point in his career, he needs to be creating for other people and, you know, scoring the ball when he has to. And right now for the 76ers, he doesn't want to do that. He wants to be, you know, the next piece on a team. He doesn't really want to be second fiddle to Embiid right now. He doesn't want to be a part of this, not rebuilding process, but the Sixers are in a tough spot right now. He wants nothing to do with it. And especially now we're in this era of, like, you know, apparently super teams are coming back, as we've seen with, you know, the Celtics, the Bucks. The Suns. Suns yeah. Some people are saying the Warriors. Personal, eh, personally, I'm not. <laughs> but, you know, you can believe what you want to believe. But after Sunday night's game with the Celtics, because obviously, you know, our top six, they didn't play last night, you know, due to rest reasons. Uh, Chris Porzingis was saying after the game how he loves playing with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown because yeah. of how much attention they draw, and they can get him open. Right? 100%. And now playing with Drew Holiday, too, who's a true point guard. And Drew Holiday can find all of his guys and get them all buckets. And the team's really starting to remind me of the unit they built in 2008. 100%, yeah. They're bringing in uh, these these pieces to go and win mm-hmm. a championship. And, I mean, just hearing Christoph Porzingis talk about how much he loved playing with the two Js and yep. how much he loved the city and how they've kind of embraced him, it just put a grin on my face, man. you got to love mm-hmm. stuff like that. And he balled out, too. He had an ankle breaker. Yes. Uh, also, going back to, you know, like you said, they, they rested the top six, having a back-to-back in the preseason is wild. In two different. That is insane. And one of them's in the TD Garden, and then you have to go up to the bigger garden yeah. in New York, MSG, which I think the role players on the Celtics played very good considering the Knicks played all their starters. Yeah. Pritchard's been balling out. Pritchard, oh, he is in for a good season. I am. You know what's crazy to me about Pritchard is how he got into an argument with the front office and said, mm-hmm. it's him or me talking about the former defensive player of the year and the sixth man of the year, mm-hmm. and he somehow won yeah. and came out on top by saying it's him or me. We all thought he was I thought he was first, gone. I thought he was, thought 100% he was the first gone. guard to get traded out of those He even three. went on a podcast and he talked about, yeah, this is probably my last year in Boston because, mm-hmm. you know, they have Brogdon and they have – uh, smart and there's not a whole lot of guard depth to uh, to mm-hmm. go around. And no, he got in a it's him or me, and he won. I don't yeah. know how he won, but I think that you know. I think he's showing signs of daylight. Yeah, I mean, I think the agents around the league need to study how Peyton Richard won that argument. I think he's a good player, but uh, and it, it, maybe it was better for the culture to kind of have a guy who isn't as ball dominant and you I know think catch he could and shoot. Be but. A starter on a lot of these teams we see, like the Detroit's, the Portlands. 
all these teams that you know are like fighting for a playing spot or something. But if with the Celtics, obviously, you have two of the best defensive guards in the league who can score at their own will in Gerald and Derek White, where Peyton Pritchard's gonna have to you know tap into that off the bench roll. But I think he's starting to adapt to it. And then his bench guys beside him, as we've seen, we've got some Showtime players like Brissett and Lamar Stevens who can throw it down, play some defense. Uh, then, you know, we got Sam Hauser, shooters, and then got Svi, who I'm really liking, Svi. Yeah. But I think my favorite young in right now is Jordan Walsh. Jordan Walsh, oh, yeah. No, he looks great. He looks like he's going to be a great piece on this team. I think Jordan Walsh can get minutes this season. Oh, I think he can 100% get minutes this season because he plays the style of basketball where Celtics Mm -hmm. role players thrive. Yes. That kind of 3 and D. He makes the effort plays. And we mentioned last podcast that Mm -hmm. he's kind of a Marcus Smart. And uh, he's remind you know, I was talking about the 08 team earlier. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of James Posey. Yeah. From that team. No, he does. So you, you get rid of a, a Marcus Smart and a Grant Williams, mm-hmm. and he's kind of the in-between guy where he can shoot so. well, but he's got that defense. He's got yes. the height, but he's got, like, the defensive instincts that you, you saw from a young Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited for Jordan Walsh. I think he's going to be a really good player in this team. And this whole Celtics team, how can you not be excited, right? Um, how can you not be thrilled, thrilled. for this team? Because it was like, okay, they have Drew Holiday. He's 33 years old, blah, 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 whatever. And then he comes in, and he just fits right into this unit. Mm-hmm. Immediately, he comes in. He's playing defense. He's knocking down step-back jumpers. He found – he is to me, it seems like he already found his role mm-hmm. in his team, kind of being like – almost like the the third option or the fourth option when he's on the floor yes. with Porzingis and creating for those guys. And it, it looks perfect. It looks really well. I don't know how you can't be thrilled about this Celtics team. I think Drew's realized that he can be, you know, a super effective player and not have to be an all-star. Because we saw with Rajon Rondo, you know, again, going back to 2008, Rondo was an all-star a few times in Boston, but Rondo, again, he was the fourth option. But we've seen, and you know, especially against Orlando, Rondo was the guy that stepped up. Those big triple-double playoff games. You know, Playoff Rondo, Rondo was insane. The headband, the arm sleeve, I mean, in the playoffs, might be the best point guard ever. Rondo came to the mantle when the team needed him. Yep. And now I think it's going to be important because, you know, obviously Gallinari didn't play last year, but those games where, you know, we couldn't have a guy, you know, to go get theirs when everyone else is off. I think now having four all-star players, obviously, you know, every team doesn't get that. But I think that should clear up some of those losses that we had last year when, you know. 100%. Like, for example, Houston, or that was pretty bad when uh, OKC, when, you know, just nobody could find their shot. I think now bringing in, you know, this talent, you know, we lose depth, but I think it's going to help us out in the long run. We've got to keep in mind, too, the Celtics still have three first-round picks. They do. To trade going forward, and I believe we have two pick swaps. Yep. So we still have pieces to be able to move, because that's something people were really upset about, saying, oh, you know, they're going all in right now, and, you know, we're going all in on a 33-year-old mm-hmm. guard. And it's like, we still have these pieces. And, yeah, are they going to be late in the first-round picks? Probably, mm-hmm. but still, you see, you know, productive players go all the time late in the first round. That's where we got Rob Williams. It's mm-hmm. where, uh, uh, whom I think Jordan Poole. That's where Jordan Poole went. Yep. And there's a lot of good guys that you can find in those later draft pick spots. So I'm not concerned about how old the Celtics are right now. I think even if we don't use the draft picks, I think Brad, we've seen him do it before. He can make some noise at the trade deadline. Yep. Like we saw a few years ago when he traded for Evan Fournier. You know, didn't really help because we still got bounced in the first round. But <laughs> that was a weird year. That I've was been a weird hearing year. Some signs with Portland that Jeremy Grant, you know, he can't be traded right now for some reason. But they're looking to move him at the trade deadline this year because I mean, the lights just went out. 
So, I don't know, wait, are these like automatic or something? I don't know. This is live from the part time pod. The we lights just had a total blackout in <laughs> the, our studio. The lights in Studio B just went completely out. So uh, we're doing uh, the part time pod from the dark. From and, uh, the from the dark. After our soundboard dark. is actually lit up right now. <laughs> we're using the brand new soundboard, and it's the only light in the room right now. Um, so we're gonna go fix this, and we'll be right back. Be right back, yeah. And we're back. <laughs> back from the blackout. It Sorry was. We the, just uh, had to turn on the light. Sorry for the intermission, people. Uh, no, that's true. You know that's what's funny? That happens to me way more than you would expect. Because uh, my, you know, little office that I have set up to mm-hmm. do my work for MCM yep. is right on the other side of yep. the the studio B, and those lights are automatic, so they'll shut off on me <laughs> all the time. So. You know, I wasn't really surprised when it happened in here. It's bound to happen. You gotta love it. Uh, So yeah, the the Celtics, you know, obviously in a really good spot right now. Uh, We can jump back around to football. I know Mm -hmm. that you uh, you wanted to talk your talk with uh, Jamar Chase a little bit. You mean Seven Eleven? Seven Eleven always open. AKA the best receiver in the league now. Someone has had been placed on the IR. Yeah, no doubt. I think you got to put him up there now. You know, I obviously feel horrible for Justin Jefferson. You know, he's probably the most talented receiver in the NFL. You just hate to see, you know, hamstring injury then having to miss four weeks of the season. Yep. No, it's it's tough, but, you know, on, on the brighter side, you got Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. who absolutely balled out this past Sunday. He had, what, three touchdowns, 15 receptions. He balled. Almost 200 yards. Yeah. But we saw, because T. Higgins was out, Joe Burrow finally, you know, decided to, you know, drink some coffee in the morning <laughs> and dishing it out. I'm, I've been looking at the games, Jamar Chase. He's open at least 80% of the time. Yeah, he's but Joe Burrow's so just fast. looking the other way. Yeah. So I think if you can use Jamar like how Minnesota uses Justin Jefferson, he can easily be the best receiver in the NFL. That's something I noticed too when looking at uh, that whole game is that before when they were using Jamar Chase, they kind of used him to take the top off of the defense and that would clear out some of the underneath stuff mm-hmm. or like mix in to, to run like a, uh, you know, a little quick little out or – for T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd to just run these underneath, like, crossing A smile routes. on my face when Joe Burrow chucked it up deep to Jamar Chase. Oh, 100%. Had me feeling very good. It, it <laughs> was a great play, but I think one of the changes we saw is that instead of using Jamar Chase to kind of blow the lid off, mm-hmm. off of defenses, they used him and schemed him up more for yes. him to kind of be the prime target in these, these underneath running. and, like, intermediate game stuff like that. Like, uh, the biggest play I saw is they went, I think it was, like, trips left or something, something and they like sent him over in motion, and they threw him a screen pass, and he took it for, like, seven, eight yards. And I'm like, that's a part of his game, too. He's not yeah. just this over-the-top wide receiver. He's a good route runner. He has the speed to be able yeah. to get across Everyone the middle. Everyone thinks he's a deep threat, but if you look, if you see him, he chops his feet. He can get open. Yeah. That's why he says, 7-Eleven, I'm always open. Always he, open. And, you know, he doesn't have these crazy releases that I'd say like Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. has but I mean you can't deny him put Jamar being Chase able and man to, no DB stop oh him. dude exactly no one is stopping him and his releases are good though like his releases mm-hmm. are very very good and we saw that in the game on Sunday where he was mm-hmm. able to get off the line quickly mm-hmm. and you know run these short routes and then that opens up to yeah. okay Jamar is being used down low you know, we got to play a little more up on him, press him up a little bit. And then he goes over the top. Joe Burrow finds him. They mm-hmm. fi- I don't know why they stopped scheming up stuff for Jamar Chase, but I'm glad they finally did. I think Zach Taylor realized that he screwed up trying to, you know, try something new. Yeah. Now he's going to go back to what works. But obviously, you know, having T. Higgins back is going to be pretty big because, you know, he's an elite receiver in, this un- in the league also. But I think this win this weekend was very good for the Bengals because everyone has been starting to write him off saying Bengals are out of the north, you know. 
That's a three-team division now. The Bengals, they had one year making it to the Super Bowl. They're done. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, Joey B starting to turn heads. What are they now, two and three? Two and three, yeah. Looking exactly That like division it. is really competitive. Yeah. I know we talked a little bit about last week how it yeah. kind of looks like the Ravens division. But, but yeah. Steelers got the win. Bengals got the win. I mean, I think Matt Canada Ravens is still a lost. terrible. Yeah, the Ravens lost to the Steelers, I believe, right? Although, yes, they did happen. Matt Canada is terrible, by I the way. Throw a, that out there. I'm also a Lamar Jackson fantasy owner as well as Jamar Chase. But mm-hmm. not even coming from that, I w- watched... Lamar's receivers dropped, I think, eight passes this week. Yeah, it was bad. Just absolutely ruined them. They were right between the numbers. Easy catches, turn up field, get some yards. Dropped. I think they just made a trade. I'll have to double check who made this. But Van, there has been a trade though that we can talk about. The Van Jefferson one. Yes, that's another one. Van Jefferson, I believe, is headed to Atlanta. Atlanta, that's what it was. Okay. The other one I was talking is Chase Claypool, headed to Miami. Yeah. Which I don't get why because. Miami has two elite wide receivers already. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just looking for another option with speed. I don't think Claypool is. I don't think he's that guy. Like, but he had one game for what, like a six-round pick, whatever. But I'd even take Barrios over him. Yeah, no, I would too. You You need depth, though. I get it. Claypool's big, but big doesn't necessarily mean you know you're a good route runner. And he's not. He's really not a great route runner. Barrios can get open. Yeah, Barrios can get open against man. Get open against zone. Then, you know, if he's not open, you got two of the fastest players in the league that are probably going to be open. So, I, good luck. I, dude, and with that, I don't even think he's going to be taking minutes from, oh, I mean, what's his favorite? Chosen? Chosen Anderson? Uh, Robbie Chosen? I don't know what his name is. It's no. something like that. It's one of his first or last name, formerly known as Robbie Anderson, Chosen in there somewhere. I'm not sure yeah. if it's his first I or think last he name. Went, uh, I think it was Robbie Anderson, then he became Chosen Anderson, and now he's Robbie Chosen. Robbie Chosen. I just want to know when he's going to make up his mind. but you know. When is he going to be Chosen Chosen? Who knows? That is the question. I would make my name Chosen One if I was him. Chosen One? And then, no, you know what it should be? He should make his last name Chosen and then switch to the number one. Yep, there but I guess go. two is there, but tell two to switch. <laughs> Figure it out. I don't know. Yeah, make your, make your superstar quarterback switch his number. See how that goes. <laughs> Could you imagine changing your last name to, like, a, a stage name or something like that? Another Cincinnati Bengal has done that before. Yeah, that's true. Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson went to Ocho Cinco. Cinco. What would you uh, kind of put you on the spot? What would you change your last name to if you like, if you had like a nickname or something or like a stage name? Ooh. Damn. I think a good one would have to just be Diesel. Diesel. Because you know Vin <laughs> Tyler Di- Diesel. Vin Diesel is in his actual name. If you didn't know, his name's Mark Sinclair. What would you change it to? Would you change it to like? Diesel Panero or no 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 my last name would be Diesel but <laughs> Tyler Diesel I, I, I don't know what my first name would be that's still a work in progress yeah yeah it's a work in progress we'll definitely come back to that though <laughs> we'll come back so in the NFL there's a lot of competitive divisions that we didn't think were going to be as competitive when yeah. we came in uh, the AFC South we thought it was mainly going to be the Jaguars division uh-huh. but Anthony Richardson has looked insane. CJ Stroud yeah. has looked good. Where, what's your take on that division? I talked a lot of crap about CJ Stroud after his first uh, preseason game versus the Patriots. And uh, to say he shut my mouth is an understatement because I believe in that game he went two for four with 13 passing yards and a pick. And on the regular season, he still hasn't thrown an interception yet. And I believe the Texans are three and two. Uh, two and three are three and two. The but Texans are two and three. They are looking good, though, because. You got Nico Collins, who's an emerging superstar, Damian Pierce, you know, who's coming up in the backfield. I'm a fantasy owner of Nico Collins. <laughs> One of the best offensive linemen in the game in Laramie Tunzel. Yep. 
Uh, no, then you got Tank Dell, obviously, uh, on the opposite side of Nico. Now you got Dalton Schultz that you picked up from Dallas. I think they loaded up Stroud with the right weapons, and I think he's in, like, the best scenario out of the big three rookie quarterbacks. I think so, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, Stroud is there. But also Anthony Richardson, he had Jonathan Taylor back this week. And I think the Colts could make a playoff push with him, which might be crazy I to say so. right now. But, but I Minshew, mean, he's, yeah, Minshew, so yeah. good when yeah, he's he is. And, like, you just never know with Anthony Richardson because he's going to have a concussion one week, and now he has a shoulder injury, I think, this week. Yep. So, like, how long will the guy stay on the field before he's back in the medical tent? So let, let's talk about the Colts real quick because this is what we've had so far for their schedule. So the Colts have beaten the or sorry they lost to the Jags week one. They beat the Texans in week two. Then they beat the Ravens, which was a surprise. They oh, lose yes. to the Rams, and then they beat their division rival, the uh, the Titans. And now the upcoming schedule, they could very easily be a playoff team, 100%. They have the Jags coming up again, who mm-hmm. you know they lost to before earlier in the season. Then they have the Browns, I think a very winnable game. The Saints, they should win that one. The Panthers, they should win. Then they have New England, and then a bye week. And then right off the bye week, they go Tampa. Then they go to Tennessee. Then it's Bengals, Steelers, Falcons, Raiders, and then the Texans again. It's a very winnable schedule. It's a winnable schedule, but we don't, obviously, because we've seen there's just been an unhealthy amount of injuries this season. And yeah. You really just hate to see it because we saw Justin Jefferson get put on the IR. Devon Achain, yep. you know, he's going to be out several weeks. Uh, I saw another guy today who's probably going to be missing some time. Uh, oh, James Conner. That's who it is. Yeah, James Conner is. He re-aggravated that same knee that he had already had issues with. Yeah. And that's that's the tough thing for him in his career right now too, because where does he go from here? You know, he's already kind of been he's already in a pretty bad situation. Yeah, it's tough being in Arizona right now, especially Arizona. But uh, going going back to these Colts, uh, you know what this team kind of reminds me of? They remind me of the Giants a little bit from last year. I said the same thing Ooh. a long time ago on on Conti and Nick, where we were looking at the Giants at like week three or something, and I looked at their schedule and how their team was playing, and I said, is it crazy to say the Giants might be a playoff team? And I'm feeling the same way about this Colts team. Is it crazy to say that the Colts could be a playoff team in the AFC? Because when we look at the AFC, there's a lot of good teams out there, right? We know this. We, we, we know how many great teams there are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously the, the division winners, probably Jacksonville. And then that. in the AFC West, you have Kansas City. Uh, the Chargers don't look anything crazy, though. I mean, I think they could well, make a push for that wild card. Other than that, it's like the, the AFC North is, is close, and then the AFC East. It's it's weird because there's really yeah. only, if you're not the division winner, there's three playoff spots. Yeah. But, I mean, could they beat out the Dolphins? Maybe. I don't know. I think the Bills are going to win that division. Mm-hmm. Could they beat out the AFC North team who doesn't win the division? I think so. Uh, could they beat out an AFC West team? Probably not. I mean, probably not when it comes to, you know, it's going to be the Chiefs that are probably going to win that division. The thing that stinks for the Chargers, though, with the AFC West is they're just a broken record of, you know, getting ruined by injuries every single season. Oh, it's the same thing every single time. Mike Williams is out for the year. Austin Eckler, you know, he's been dealing with his thing. And now they don't even have J.C. Jackson anymore, but he was probably hurting them more than he He was. He'd probably hurt them more playing than he did when he was... You know, sitting on the sidelines. 100%. And they and, paid you know, him a ton of money to they, just be awful. Their last week, too. Uh, before the, They had a bye this week, but Derwin James, you know, didn't play. And Joey Bosa didn't play either, along with Austin Eckler. So those are, like, their three best players other than, you know, their superstar quarterback. Yeah. So I think they have, like, 
the lineup to do it. It's just I don't like Brandon Staley. He's he was, gotta go. I think he is the worst coach in the NFL. I don't yeah. know how he still has a job. Um but they're good. It's just, you know, the Chargers they always they always choke. You hate to see it because, you know, they're same old Chargers. They're a fun team to watch, but they always choke. You can take the Chargers out of San Diego, but you can't take the San Diego out of the Chargers. There we go. Same old team. Same old team every single year. Uh, so that's my sleeper team for the uh, the AFC. We go to the NFC. A team that I really think could be a sleeper is the Atlanta Falcons. I picked them to win the division, but it's looking more like it's probably going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning that division. But still, I think the Falcons oh. could be a dangerous, dangerous wild card team. I agree with you. If the Falcons do one thing. Throw the ball to Kyle Pitts. <laughs> well, it ha- kind of, but <laughs> first of all, who's throwing the ball? It's Desmond Ritter right Bench now. him and put in Taylor Heineke because I think Desmond Ritter is terrible. I mean, he looked good in that game-winning drive versus Carolina. He looked solid, but we saw what Taylor Heineke did with the Commanders. Yep. Like, Taylor Heineke is a he's a starter in this league. And, you know, they, the Commanders picked Sam Howell over him for God knows why. And now the Falcons are letting this guy Desmond Ritter start over him. Like, Taylor Heineke, he could very well be your guy. But you're just giving all your faith to this dude, Desmond Ritter. I think Desmond Ritter is better than him, though. Clearly, the coach doesn't have any faith in him because they run the ball so damn much. Yeah, they run the ball with everyone, though. That's just their game. You have Bijan, you have Algier, you have a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. You just got to keep running the ball. It's uh, it's it's weird for the Falcons because they kind of remind me of uh, the Patriots teams from a couple of years ago. Not the ones that you know had Tom Brady, but the, the Cam Newton teams were really good mm-hmm. at just running the ball and then play action opened up. Yep. Kyle Pitts, Johnny Smith, Drake London, all those guys like that. So I, I really like them because the Falcons don't change their game. You know, I mean, when they play these high-powered offenses, they don't try and uh, change their game. They don't try and run the ball. Or, sorry, they don't try and pass the ball. They continue to run the ball and don't try and air it out because they know that's not their game. They're not an air raid type of offense. And those are a really scary team when you uh, come into the later part of the season, especially if you get into the playoffs. It starts to get cold out there. It's going to be cold in Atlanta. It's going to be cold probably wherever they go. And those teams that are efficient running the ball, when that cold weather starts to catch up, they're the teams that are good. They're the teams that go to the Super Bowl. We saw the Eagles last year, that run attack. You could not stop it. I, I saw a meme earlier. It says, if you see the Eagles come out in this formation, just know Jalen Hurts is about to get you 6.1 fantasy points. Yep. The brotherly shove. Mm-hmm. I think that that's an A-plus name, by the way, for that. The brotherly shove. The brotherly as shove. much as I love the tush push. Because mm-hmm. th- that's just so funny. The tush push is great. But like, I, I was I never not going to call it that. I love the brotherly that. shove. I just wasn't a fan of the Sixers City of Brotherly Love jerseys. Yeah, I think it was just, too, it was just too many words. Nah, too many. The colors were nice, but, you know, just too many words. Well, you were talking, you know, how you really like the Rams. I think, you know, the Rams are about to be even better, which, you know, I'm not too happy about, but here we go. Cause You're a Seahawks fan. That's, am, that's division I rivals. I'm a Seahawks fan. You know, I don't like them. We already have to deal with, you know, the best offense in the league already <laughs> with, you know, San Fran, their powerhouse show. But you see, we saw Puka blossom into a superstar with Cooper Cup being on IR. We did. And now Cooper Cup's back, so you got two reception maniacs and a su- and an upcoming star in the backfield with Kyron Williams. You're right. Which they didn't get you to get him. You couldn't be more right. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't get him involved that much this week, I saw. But I think it's just because the passing attack was so open. Yeah, they were throwing the ball a lot. They just didn't need to give it to him because, you know, 
he didn't even have like a bad fantasy day either. He still put up like eight something points, which That's, you know when you're only running the ball, it's not bad. You know when you need him to do more because your best running back isn't playing. That's not that good, but you know it is what it is. Yeah, I mean I'll I'll take that from him every day. I think he actually had more. Oh. I'll actually look at it. Okay, Hold so up. he he had he only had seven point seven, but still, if you're a Kyron Williams fan, there's no need to be like crazy. Oh my God, should I? Panic and trade him. I'm more he had mad 13 of, carries. The only guy I'm more mad about than him is James Cook, which I don't think is really James Cook's fault. Yeah. You know, it's just Josh Allen thinks he's the superstar of the league, even though we've seen him just crash and burn and crash and burn. Yeah. So just let give it to James Cook. Let him do his thing because we saw him go for two, 20 fantasy points without even scoring a touchdown a couple yeah. weeks ago. So I think, you know, they were saying out of training camp James Cook was the guy. Let him be the guy now, you know. Stop worrying about Latavius Murray or Damian Harris because, you know. If you're a fantasy football guy, I would go look and try and get James Cook right now, especially that Diggs-Allen combo has looked ridiculous, Mm -hmm. and teams are going to start probably putting two guys on Diggs and playing more attention, which is going to open up the run. I would look for it. Also go after Gabe Davis if uh, you're in need of a receiver right now. 100%. If you're like a Justin Jefferson owner or like a T. Higgins owner, something Mm -hmm. like that. Definitely target them. Actually, I have a question for you. While we're on the the topic of uh, fantasy football, mm-hmm. uh, I made a trade oh. this uh, this this past week, and I've gotten a lot of mixed reviews about it. about what I did. So I was the owner of Brees Hall and Jerry Ooh. Judy, and both those guys sat on my bench because right now my team is looking like Kyron Williams, Alexander Madison. Ooh, have, ooh, 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 ooh. Why yeah, are you yeah. starting Madison over Brees Hall? Oh. Dude, he was scoring touchdowns. He was scoring. Keep in mind, this is when Brees Hall was only getting like a yeah. point a game. Yeah, that is it, true. It was tough. Uh, and so I have him. I have Nico Collins. I have Diggs. Uh, and then at my flex, I had Brian Robinson. Ooh, so here's here's what I ended up doing. Um, I wasn't starting either of those guys between yeah. Judy and Brees Hall. So I moved some pieces around. I moved Brees Hall and Jerry Judy. And I went and I got Jameer Gibbs. And uh, I also got Jalen Reed. Who has kind of been a target uh, for Jordan Love? So I think uh, it's looking tough. Yeah, I don't think it's looking good for Team Nicholson right now. <laughs> not looking good. I mean, Jalen Reed, he played good the other night. Not really, actually. But but a couple of weeks ago, he played pretty the good. The thing is, Christian Watson's only going to get healthier. Yeah, and Christian Watson could very well be their wide receiver one. But oh my god, and as the lights go out again, the lights went out again. But, you know, we're going to ignore that. But I don't really have the effort to go and turn him back on. No, nah, do I. You know, I'm just so <laughs> deep into this talk about Christian Watson. Because we've seen Dobbs. He could be – he's very, very capable of being the receiver one. But last year we saw Christian Watson at the end of the regular season just go nuclear with his touchdowns. But, you know, that's the thing. He's touchdown dependent. But he catches the ball when it gets thrown to him, and then he goes into the end zone. So that's all you need to do, really. This is very true. So you're you're not a fan of the trade, not because really, no. uh, here's my thing. Right now in my I, league, I'm trying to get Brees Hall. So yeah, yeah. I mean Brees Hall. Here's my thing with with Brees Hall. He is not getting the carries that I would like. Yeah. Uh, even in the game this past week, he didn't get a ton of work. Like he didn't get a ton of workload because he's still it's it's like he's half splitting with uh with Dalvin Cook right now and obviously I mean talking about splitting we're going to Jameer Gibbs who yeah. is you know splitting a, a backfield with David Montgomery but my thing is that I already have my running back one and two kind of figured out 
uh, between Kyron Williams is obviously going to be my starting running back. Yep. Uh, and then it's kind of an option every week of whether I want to do uh, Madison or Brian Robinson. And then at my flex position is where I'm going to put Jameer Gibbs mm-hmm. for the fact that, you know, when he gets workload, he looks crazy when he's scoring touchdowns. And I think he's going to have a second half of the year blossom. I hope so, so. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how this, uh, this trade works out. It's definitely a risk. But right now my team, we're, uh, we're kind of sitting in the middle, like the upper middle. It's a 12-man league. I'm 3-2 yep. and two right now. I'm so gonna, uh, I had to make a move. I'm in a 10-man league, and I'm 2-3, and three, but I'm not really too anxious to trade right now because my team puts up points. It's yep. just this week I had to play, I think, the highest-scoring team in the league. Let me just double-check. Yeah, uh, last wait, wait. week I was the nope, highest second scoring. highest scoring by no third highest scoring team by like a couple points. Yeah, no, it's tough. I mean, that's when fantasy gets rough is when you play those good teams. Uh, I've gotten lucky the past couple of weeks with those uh, those Diggs and Allen games have been really really good. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. So those of I was the highest scoring team yeah. la- uh, last week. Two weeks ago, actually, and then this previous week, I was the uh, the second highest scoring. So you I'm know, on the up right now. I'm willing to take a risk on Jameer Gibbs. You know when you know you're not having a great fantasy week? What's that? When you have Jamar Chase on your team and you still lose. Yeah, that's tough. 52 points and an L. <laughs> never ta- never tastes that good, but you know. No, it does not. It happens. You, do, you hate to see, if, uh, see stuff like that. Um, fantasy football. Fun, stressful. Stressful for sure. And, you know, exhilarating. It is exhilarating. <laughs> have you ever had to do a fantasy football punishment? I have not. I've always... Have you been in a league that has one? Yes. I'm in a league that has one this year, too. We still haven't, like, decided what it is, but a couple of my friends that have a different league they're in, their punishment is you have to fall at graduation. <laughs> so... <laughs> that's a really good one. That's, <laughs> I'm very that's curious funny. to see how that goes. I'm uh, I'm gonna tell a story real quick, and yeah, then uh, I love stories. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to the the uppers at MCM, and see if we can keep this in or not. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and oh, and God. if <laughs> and if we can, and you're hearing this, uh, it's really not that bad, but it's pretty funny. Um, so last year, uh, the BSU rugby team decided to put together a uh, a fantasy football league, and at the beginning of the draft, we uh, we realized that everyone who was there was above the age of 21 because it was pretty much a junior and a, a senior league. So what we decided to do at the draft is we said uh, the loser of this draft is going to have to run a beer mile. What we had to do is we had to, uh, you know, if you lost this league, you had to, we had a track kind of like the one out at uh, MHS here. And every lap around the track, you had to finish a beer before you started running, which is, you know, it's a fun thing. I actually think Beer Mile is a professional sport now, oh. which is, cr- they have like professional uh, Beer get, Mile I'll get back to this professional sports thing, but finish your uh, <laughs> video, because I have another one I want to talk about, but, but please uh, finish this. It's Yeah, so we had uh, we had this, you know, agreement that whoever lost the league was, uh, was going to do a Beer Mile, and then we decided halfway through the year that instead of using the track uh a lot of these kids are from weymouth so the loser was gonna have to run from one wendy's to another oh <laughs> my on, god on the street and it was about a mile and uh <laughs> we had four checkpoints set up where they'd have to run and then drink a beer and then keep going oh and i i was dangerously close to finish last in this oh league god. i i avoided this beer mile 
by like 10 fantasy points. It was oh one of my God. one of the most stressful parts of my life was uh, I went to Naples, Florida. Oh, uh, my youngest brother, Aiden, was competing in mass league football, and we got to travel for that. And I remember just sitting there and just like in shambles that I, I was losing by like five points or something in the final game of the fantasy football playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then it was, I had like Jahan Dotson who didn't even have a good day. He had like three catches or like, it was, it was a little bit more, but it was enough to put me up yes. by like four points or something. <laughs> I was, go. I was so straight. It's easily one of the most stressed I've ever been <laughs> just sitting there and everyone's like, try to enjoy the vacation. I'm like, no, like if I have to go home oh, and no. do a beer mile, I'm going to lose my mind. But yeah, that's a, that's a, great, that's a story. That's I ended amazing. up avoiding it. And, uh, the kid, uh, I think still has yet to do it. Oh, but, um, he's, he's going to, he's oh. not anti doing it. It's more of just like, we're all in school right yeah. now. So, it's going to be tough. I think we're well, going to make him do it uh, this winter break, something like that. Ooh, that's pretty vicious. But <laughs> when you were saying you think beer miles is a sport now, I've heard some things that flag football will be a sport at the Olympics in 2028. I did see that. I think, you know, the NFL needs to do what the NBA is about to do this summer. Oh, I, I love the where Avengers. this is going. Yep. I want Tyree Kilder. I want Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. I want Jefferson. I want Jamar Chase. I want... Friggin' Travis Kelsey, I want, you know, all these DBs out there. Send all of them to go dominate, and then it will have the ripple effect of that uh, 92 Dream Team where all these other countries are going to be like, whoa, I want to start playing football. And while it may not be contact football, dude, I'm telling you, in like – 10 years or something like that, we're going to be talking about like some crazy kid yeah. out of like Greece or like some foreign oh guy out of like God. France. And he's going to be like, he's going to be like six foot four, jump super high. We're going to have he's, a Victor Wembanyama football. Dude, he's going to be like an all pro. It's going to be insane. Oh my God. I think uh, the safety used to play for the Lions. Uh, what was his name? Uh, was it Glover Quinn? I don't know. But I'm pretty sure he's not from America. Yeah. I think he's a foreigner. Uh, yeah, I think it was there's a good amount of them in the NFL already, mm-hmm. but it's gonna be like that ripple effect the NBA has. We're gonna have like some superstar. Yep, and we're gonna get our Giannis eventually. <laughs> we'll get the Giannis. I wonder if it's gonna be the same type of thing with the the NBA. Like if this ends up uh, happening, where we send like this really good team, mm-hmm. where uh, we're like, oh, but like. They're a foreign player or whatever. Oh, like the situation with Joel Embiid. Yeah, yeah, they're for or like even Luca, where it's like, oh, like blah blah whatever. But like the people were like, wait, but this kid is six foot four and jumps so high. Like he's gonna be such a good deep throw. I'm so excited for this Team USA team that we're sending out this year. Oh my god! Like the roster isn't even fully built yet, but I think we're just gonna go out there and dominate. Like you can't, like you can't deny as someone you know is coming to the door as we hear the ring doorbell. But uh, I heard some reports saying that Team USA, they want to get Drew back. Drew Holiday, you know, superstar point guard for the Boston Celtics. Because they were saying like, when they won the gold a couple of years ago, Holiday was one of like the key pieces to that team just because he's a good facilitator. He can keep everybody in line. He's smart. He can, you know, he's not dumb with the ball. Which, you know, it's a good reason Celtics got him because, you know, we've had some point guards that are pretty stupid with the ball. But, you know, that's in the past. We're going to forget about it. No shots. <laughs> Kemba. <laughs> Marcus Smart. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Got, uh, you know, bugs in my throat. Yeah. But bugs? <laughs> I don't know. 
Love that. No, USA all around. We're uh, it's time to dominate the Olympics. Yeah, you know, it's, it's time to throw it back to 1992. We're, we're gonna send the event, uh, the Avengers, and the Justice League, dude. We're sending both of them: basketball, football. Marvel and DC be is gonna be crazy. The Marvel and DC football and basketball teams. So, uh, people are saying Team Canada is gonna be all good. They'll probably be pretty good. Yeah, but like, try matching up with Steph Curry, Devin Booker. Yeah. KD, LeBron. And they have Dylan Brooks on that team, and, so I think they instantly can't win. You know, no no shade at Dylan Brooks. I think he played pretty good in FIBA. But the USA sent, like, the Young Avengers to FIBA. <laughs> the Young Avengers. You know, we have some prospects in there that yeah, could make yeah. the main team, but, you know, like, 10 of those guys aren't cutting it. No, 100%. Like, no. Now we're going to have Steph, LeBron, KD, AD, Embiid, Booker, Tatum, Drew Holiday, all these awesome I don't even guys. know, like, who's going to make that team. Team besides Anthony Edwards, like the new team, probably the old just team. him. It's probably maybe just him, right? maybe Jaron, yeah, just for the defense. But yeah, you know they're not going to keep Brunson. Not Brunson. Maybe they'll they'll not keep Ingram. Reeves just because like LeBron, LeBron likes keep him. LeBron happy. <laughs> no, I don't even think they're going to keep him. No, they won't. It'll probably just be Ant, and Le- Ant probably won't play. LeBron's going to be like, Yo, Austin, man, it's all love, but you know, respectfully, we need the best we can get. To get this gold back, and you are not that, my boy. Like you you're know, gonna do great on the Lakers. Yeah, my teammate. We here. paid you a lot of money, but you can stay in America. We're gonna <laughs> go take care of it. We'll, we'll cross the pond real quick and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and deal with it. Thank you guys for w- listening today. You know, send our what is it? Spotify link. Spotify. Yeah. Send it to your friends. Send it to your cousins, your family, your grandparents, your dog, anyone who has time to listen to sports. You know, if, it, if they're a cat, if they're a chipmunk, if they're a guinea pig. Anything, everyone's Anything. welcome here. We love everybody. I'm also gonna start working on a uh, an Instagram so Ooh. we can. Uh, I like to. I like being very interactive with there people who listen. Uh, it's something that mm-hmm. I've done on pretty much every podcast I've done. Very so uh, we'll try and set something up, and uh, we'll put up like Instagram polls, stuff uh-huh. like that, because uh, we want to hear from you guys. Yep. So uh, you know, for right now, hit me and me and Tyler up, yep. uh, and we'll we'll figure out an Instagram. Follow us on Spotify, and uh, yeah, this has been the Part Time Pod, where the wage is minimum but sports takes are maximum. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Peace.